0: This podcast is called Obsessed Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest Get some
1: secrets off their chest You should listen, it's the best
0: Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw I'm sitting in my home with a friend from back home in Minnesota A producer, a creator of many different things It's Kevin Myers
1: Hello Joseph (laughs) How are you? I am doing well It is great to be here in your inner sanctum Ready to talk about crazy things. Ready to talk about crazy things. I am collecting lately
0: on these recordings of Obsessed great uh, ways that people just say hello at the beginning of a podcast and that was a very good one. Okay. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Hello. I'm not messing
1: around. I'm here to talk. Can you tell people a little bit about uh, who you are and what you do? Yep. I work, uh, I I create videos for a large electronics retailer Who I will not sully by association, but I'm the, the number number of electronics retailers are diminishing. So I'll let you guess right who that might be. Computer City is, is that still alive? <laughs> no, I don't no. think so. I don't think so. Um, so I do uh, a, a majority of my work for them, but I also uh, have my own production business where I do marketing and event videos and even live stream medical procedures. Okay.
0: So now how do you think of yourself? Like what noun do you use? Because mm-hmm. obviously you're in the corporate world, but I think of you as a creative person because you're always on the creative end. Yeah. Do you think of yourself as a producer,
1: a director, a writer, uh,
0: a magician? <laughs> yeah.
1: So it's interesting, like in the production world, I feel like there is a kind of a dichotomy between the creatives yeah, and the producers who are usually a little more organized. Yeah. Um, And I I feel like I'm split between the two, honestly. Um, Okay. I I actually, at my current employer was hired to produce, uh, and I have that capability, but then they discovered my creative capabilities, and they've kidnapped me over to the creative side. Okay. So I do a lot of writing and directing, but I also can, uh, you know, handle budgets.
0: And are you doing what has been uh, traditionally called industrials? Are you making internal
1: videos for Nameless Electronics Company? Uh, there's a lot of that, uh, but you know it's the it's the wild west out there too. Okay, I mean as far as what is internal, what is external, you know, right? I, I produce videos that have ended up on our social media channels. I produce videos that are maybe uh, business to business marketing. Oh, really? You know, go out and email blasts. I mean, there's so many ways to communicate these days. It used to be either you're putting it on TV or you are shipping VHS tapes to the <laughs> yeah. 1,000 stores around the country. And yeah,
0: to show everyone how to put on their apron or
1: whatever. yeah, yeah. And, and now it's the thing where you may create something for an internal audience and somebody loves it and decides they want it to be repurposed for an external audience. Yeah. And so that's part of the job too.
0: So business to business. So like Nameless Electronic Company, they want to work with other nameless media company. And they will write a creative video to basically say, like, "Would you like to play with us in a financial way?"
1: Yeah, there's a, you know, there's a wing of this nameless company that uh, actually sells electronics to businesses. Okay. So it would be, oh, you need Chromebooks for your school? Uh, let's create a video showing how we can help get this technology into your school and help okay. it integrate it. And so that that is not a wide dispersal uh, kind of marketing, yeah. but it is a kind of closed circuit marketing. Okay. We'll say.
0: That sounds like a really interesting uh, combination of the creative and the pragmatic and the practical.
1: Right. And it is it is fun to actually have different audiences. Uh, yeah. The wider you're broadcasting something, typically the less creative control you have over it. Yeah. So it is actually nice to do some of the internal videos once in a while, which my large electronics retailer <laughs> embraces the weirdness. Uh, okay. And, and it tries to have a unique voice. And so it, it's fun to have yeah. license sometimes to do some stuff where you're not even you're kind of surprised that you're actually getting away with it.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, I think your obsession today to me is also a little bit on that uh, creative pragmatic Mm -hmm. border you wanted to talk about. The Minnesota Timberwolves.
1: I always want to talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves, (laughs) Joseph.
0: Which is great because I don't get to talk about sports a lot on the podcast. Uh, For full disclosure, I know you to be a geek. I know you're a Star Wars person, and I know you have some Star Wars connections to the Timberwolves, and I'm sure that will come up. Uh, But for people who don't follow sports, just what are the Minnesota Timberwolves?
1: Uh, The Minnesota Timberwolves are a professional basketball team, which many people may not have heard of. Already the anger. Yes. They uh, have not had success for the past 13 years. They've been in existence for about 28 years. Maybe eight of those years were good. The other 20 have been pretty uh, historically awful. Oh, like they've broken records of shit. I'm pretty sure they have, now that the L.A. Clippers have turned things around, the Timberwolves have the worst record winning percentage-wise in NBA history.
0: Okay. And does everybody in the basketball community just know that is that a stat you have to look up or is it just like if you walked down the street and saw a person who liked basketball you could say who's the worst in the NBA and they just go of course it's the Timberwolves
1: I would you know there's reputations take a while to change okay there's there's some people who really you know are down with us in the dumps the uh Sacramento Kings the LA Clippers used to be Minnesota Timberwolves but yeah if you gave them three guesses they would they would guess the Minnesota Timberwolves (laughs) because there are even though we're not well known by the general populace, there are some great stories of ineptitude. Okay, you know that are are, are just classic stories, um, and we're kind of like that that kid who keeps falling down. Yeah, keeps falling down. Keeps. We're the, we're the Charlie Brown. Of, okay, you know the the football's <laughs> been pulled away so many times, and so I think uh, people actually feel sorry for us. Okay. Notice I'm saying us. That's the first mistake of sports fandom. I'm associating myself with the organization. But you are. That's part of it. You would never say that our Star Wars movie came out and we were successful with the last Star Wars movie. That's true. But that
0: is uh, that is because I don't want I don't want that seems like hubris Mm -hmm. to take uh, ownership of that creative process. But I feel like sports, that's a part of it. It's hometown team. It's. Community, yep, And it yep. certainly is a Star Wars community, but that is one of those divides between the two of, if I said, I felt like we did a very good job with Rogue One, particularly <laughs> my third okay. act was great. Like that sounds like I'm trying to say I wrote, directed, <laughs> produced, whatever. But when you say we mm-hmm. for sports, everybody understands that as I was there, I cheered, I yelled at my TV, I gave some emotional energy mm-hmm. to this thing. And in theory that affects the result.
1: Yep. And so you've just witnessed my first piece of navel gazing for this <laughs> podcast. I, I have this obsession with this team while concurrently feeling guilty and stupid and out of control and helpless with it. Okay. And so uh, I will be psychoanalyzing myself throughout <laughs> this podcast. In fact, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, you can help me. Uh, oh, I'll try to help well. you.
0: Yeah, and in terms of navel-gazing, look, there's nothing <laughs> else to look at And Obsessed. It's all navel all the great, time. That's great. what this that's, podcast that's is why about. I'm,
1: that's why I'm here, because it's a two-pronged <laughs> love and just staring into the abyss okay
0: well let's go back to the love let's go back to the beginning sure when young Kevin first fell in love with the Timberwolves mm-hmm. what was the moment where you got hooked where you made mm-hmm. that very uh, what I think is a sports decision to say I am going to be all in I'm gonna mm-hmm. buy the things I'm gonna go to the games I'm gonna tell other humans I am a Timberwolf
1: yeah and I, I you know I, I remember exactly what that was uh it was June of 1993 okay the NBA draft um, up to that point, you know, Minnesota hadn't had a, uh, basketball, professional basketball team until 1989. Uh, I kind of was more of a New York Knicks fan. Um, and looking back at how I became a basketball fan, uh, I actually went to high school with, uh, a guy who ended up in the NBA. Sam, oh, wow. Sam Jacobson, uh, was a year younger than me. And so I, I kind of got hooked on basketball that way. Cause when you have the best player in the state playing on your high school team, it's, fun and, you know, yeah. the adrenaline going. So your school was winning all the time then? Yeah, we were winning and, you know, like I knew the, the guy who was, you know, looked like he was going to be the next Michael Jordan. Um So I got hooked on basketball that way, but I really wasn't into the Timberwolves for some, you know, they were awful and I, I just hadn't okay. had reason to believe. So I was a, a Knicks fan somehow. Um And so then at the 1993 draft, uh the Timberwolves selected a player named Isaiah J.R. Ryder. Okay. Bad boy out of UNLV, right? (laughs) He'd had some brushes with the law already before entering the league, but he got drafted and he didn't say, I'm going to turn this franchise around. He didn't say, I'm going to lead the NBA in scoring. He said, I'm entering the dunk contest and I'm going to win it. Okay.
0: So he was speaking to teens. I'm a bad boy and I'm here to dunk.
1: I'm here to dunk and not even like I'm going to dunk on people, but... I'm going to enter this competition even though I'm a rookie, even though I haven't played a single minute, I'm going to enter the dunk contest and I'm going to win that, which is one of those things where it was so specific, yeah, uh, but also brazenly confident yeah. and you know like coming from Minnesotans we don't talk, you know Minnesotans don't talk that way, right. right? We don't say we're going to be the best at this, we're going to be the best at that. Right. So- we
0: quietly imply That we will be at the dunk
1: contest. We are the best.
0: We are the best, and we know that, and we'll tell you that with our eyes, but, yeah. But we will not go on pub. Okay, I need need to clarify something for myself. Is the dunk contest just a generic way to say I am going to beat you at the basketball, or is it a specific thing?
1: Thank you for clarifying, Joseph. (laughs) At All-Star Weekend, uh, you know, when the All-Star game happens in February... They have the game, but they also have other competitions like a three-point shooting contest okay. and a dunk contest. Uh, Michael Jordan famously won the dunk contest, I believe, several times. Okay. Uh, after Jordan, there was a little bit of a vacuum where there wasn't... A dunk vacuum. The, there wasn't a great dunker, right? So J.R. Ryder says he's going to win the dunk contest. I'm watching the NBA draft, and I, and I say, I am all in on this guy, ah. and I... N- not, I didn't think he was going to immediately turn them into a winning team. I just thought, this is going to be entertaining. Right. This is going to be a fun team to follow. Fast forward to February of 1994. The All-Star Game is actually in Minneapolis at the Target Center. Okay. First and only time that's happened. Jared Ryder is in the dunk contest. And uh, he goes up against the other uh, best dunkers in the NBA. And uh, for his final dunk, he unleashes... <laughs> The East, the East Bay funk. Okay. Okay. This is he had a name for it already. Okay. Like so he was ju- he's just a great hype guy. He really was. Okay. Like name your dunks. Yeah. Job number one. Like if you had a classic <laughs> comedy routine, you'd right. like name that routine. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't necessarily work, but so it was a move basically where he runs at the basket, he jumps, he puts the ball under his leg, okay, and then dunks it, and. Here in 2017, players do that all the time. Yeah. At that point, nobody had ever done that before. Okay. Right, and everyone went crazy, and his prophecy was fulfilled. Uh, and right? he won. He won the dunk contest in his in the hometown. You okay. know, arena. And do you win just based on style? No. There's judge. There's judges in scoring. Just okay. like this is like Olympic figure skating. Okay. But with much more testosterone. <laughs>
0: So he got points for putting a ball under his leg in midair. That's, that's right. Okay. He,
1: he got 10s. I, th- I believe he went 10-10-10. Wow. That, right? Okay, and, so he destroyed the dunk contest. For a number of years. And your heart. About, yes, exactly. I cut out the Star Tribune newspaper <laughs> picture of him doing that and put it up on the wall, and I was in. And, you know, at the time, he wasn't even the best player on the team, arguably. Uh, Christian Leitner, a beloved and hated member of Duke basketball uh, from the mid-'90s, was the— uh, the captain of the squad, but uh, he wasn't lovable, um, but I was still in, and so I started uh, I started watching the team, and they lost. Okay, and even, they, with even with this incredible height, Even with hype. the East Bay Funk, who knew that just <laughs> being able to dunk didn't win you all the basketball games? You know, stylish dunking. Yeah. Somehow, despite what some fans still think to this day, it isn't the be-all and end-all. The Harlem Globetrotters team. have never won the like, NBA, right? No, honestly, they're not even that good at dunking. <laughs> did, you, did you know that? Like, they're not great dunkers. They're not. No, they're just—they're
0: too busy spinning. That's they right. Do they do everything but play the game. They are
1: fancy men.
0: <laughs> uh, okay, so you started following mm-hmm. because this great hype guy bought you in. Yep. The beautiful moment of doing exactly what he said he was going to in the hometown in the All Star game. The prophecy was true. Prophecy was fulfilled. And then you stuck with them even though
1: they, they were losing. terrible. Yeah, because you you lie to yourself. Well, you don't lie to yourself. You. I think your first time becoming a fan of a team, you feel like, I don't think you feel anything that came before that. It's like it started at the moment of your conception of being a fan. Right. You haven't seen what's come before. And as as a teenager, I hadn't paid attention to the league as much as I I do today. Um, But I I believed, hey, they have an exciting dunker. They have Christian Laettner. He was on the dream team. Good stuff is going to happen. How could it not turn around? Right. Okay. uh, how do you when you're watching
0: mm-hmm. and they're they're not doing well now. Right. Do you as a fan feel like you are contributing something on like an emotional spiritual level by being a
1: fan? I think I did think that. Okay. I've seen the statistics now though, as far as like in the playoffs, home in a way, playing playing in a playoff series. Yeah. A lot of people think, Oh, if you're at home you're gonna you're gonna win, if you're on the road, you're gonna lose. You get to game sevens, yeah. and it doesn't make that much difference. Okay, uh, when players are shooting free throws, fans love to stand up, yeah, and wildly wave their arms <laughs> behind the basket, and make as much noise as possible. Seems very distracting. Free throw shooting percentages are about the same on the road and at home. Okay, even with booing, with like it, active... with wild swearing, not not just booing, like screaming unfathomable things <laughs> at players that cross the bounds of proper humanity. Right. Little to no effect.
0: Okay, everything you can throw at them
1: doesn't matter. These are professionals, and so you know, I've I've been invested for a long time, uh, but I've through the years kind of been uh, you know dissuaded as okay. to the impact that I am having on the team.
0: Right. Okay. So this is that uh, sort of creative pragmatic border boundary right. that you have, that you have looked at the numbers, yeah. just like you crunch numbers for right. a nameless electronics company right. and say, this doesn't make sense on a numbers
1: basis, right. but your connection to the team is still emotional. Yeah, so what that translates into is I still show up at the games, but I don't fool myself into thinking that I should stand up and scream during free throws. <laughs> okay, I, I've become, uh, through the years, I've become very pragmatic with my use of energy Okay, as it pertains to this obsession. Yeah. Because I've had to limit myself because I'm only one man and I can right. only take so much. <laughs>
0: okay, so why the big question, why do you remain loyal now after all these years? And ever since you, you got on the Timberwolves train, mm-hmm. they've never been amazing, right? They might they, have had some peaks and valleys, but one year.
1: One one amazing year. They had one amazing year that of course ended poorly. Uh, 2004, Kevin Garnett was the most valuable player in the league. Okay. Uh, they'd had seven or so seasons leading up to that where they're pretty good, but they always got eliminated in the first round of the playoffs. And then 2004, they made some risky trades that paid off in the short term to get more bad boys. (laughs) Latrell Sprewell, Sam Cassell. Um, and that finally gave Kevin Garnett the support he needed. And they had the best record in the NBA, Kevin Garnett won the MVP. Wow. They won their first playoff series for the first time. They won a second their second round playoff series against the Sacramento Kings in dramatic fashion, game 7. Okay. On Kevin Garnett's birthday, he put up one of the most monumental stat lines in playoff history in that game. It jumped up on the scorer's table afterwards, waved the towel. It was happening. Yeah. It was all happening.
0: And that was the, the playoff game. That was, so the, that
1: was the second round playoff series. So they advanced to the Western Conference Finals against the hated Los Angeles Lakers. Okay. Their second best player uh, during that first game against the Lakers got injured. Sam Cassell had a bad hip, and they fought valiantly, but of course fate yeah. sh- shot them down. From the sky. Even even when it looked like the stars had aligned. Still. Everything went bad. And that was the zenith. And the next year, they did not make the playoffs. Right. And it's now been 13 years since they made the playoffs.
0: And Kevin Garnett has to be retired now, he right? just retired. Okay. Because wasn't he, this is uh memories from growing up in Minnesota myself, wasn't he
1: like with the team the whole time? No, uh 96 is when he was red. 96. So and we, when did the '89. Yeah, cuz I remember yep. them starting. Yep. And, and so it being a big That deal. was '89 and, you know, at that point, um before Garnett, they they had uh they had struggled and 7 years of futility seemed like forever. <laughs> That's nothing. We're practicing. That is nothing. So they drafted Garnett, the next year they got Marbury, they made the playoffs uh in Garnett's second year. And they went on a nice, you know, they had up, of course, ups and downs yeah. with more, you know, terrible luck and bad chances kept them from, you know, running, uh, rising to the championship level. But Garnett was with the team uh, from 95 to 2007 uh, until the team basically gave up. Okay. Traded him away and. They haven't been the same size. Oh, that's terrible. They did trade to bring him back to the team. Okay. And he played for one and a half seasons with them. But of course, the man who traded for him to come back to the team, Flip Saunders, his former coach who became his coach again.
0: This is so dramatic. Yes. This is such a soap opera.
1: He died. Oh, no. <laughs> he died of cancer. So Flip convinces uh, the greatest player in team history to come back to the team to mentor the young, rising talent they have. The Timberwolves Finally get the first pick in the draft. Yeah. They draft Carl Anthony Towns, Garnett, a big man in the mold of Garnett. Garnett's going to be there to mentor him. Everything looks like it's lining up. And then Flip Saunders gets sick and within like two months passes away. And then does Kevin Garnett leave again? Kevin Garnett Garnett sticks through that season. His former teammate Sam Mitchell uh, takes over as head coach with the sudden passing of Flip. And of course, the team struggles, as they always do. <laughs> I mean, losing your coach—it literally happened uh, maybe a month before the season started. Yeah, that flip died, and so you, you know you're proceeding with a, a heavy heart through the yeah. season, and you, your leader's not there, and you're trying to integrate things on the fly, and uh, and they they had a bad season, um, and of course, heading so this is heading into last summer, the summer of 2016. Uh, they, they part ways with Sam Mitchell. He wasn't a good coach. Uh, it, that creates a rift with Garnett because he's buddies with Mitchell. Okay. They hire the best coach on the market, Tom Thibodeau. Okay. okay. It's a great it's name. Like, great name. Actually, Exciting
0: name. Yes. Um, Should be a nickname in there.
1: Right. He was widely regarded as the best coach on the market. So okay. it's So it never happens to the Timberwolves that... The best available coach says, I want to go coach the team that hasn't made the playoffs in 13 years. Okay, he wants to be the fixer. Tom the Fixer Thibodeau? What Thib- was I think technically Thibodeau, is nickname Thibodeau. is Tibbs, which is the most confusing thing in the world. <laughs> like, why is your nickname <laughs> pronounced different than your real name? Yeah. yeah. Um, but he was brought in, made president of basketball, so he not only is going to coach the team, but he's going to get to be general manager and choose which players. Did you say president of basketball? Yes. Is that an actual that title or is that a, that a joke? Yeah, you can be president of anything, Joseph. <laughs> You're president of obsession. Well, good. That would suck if I wasn't. So I think, yeah, I think his title is president of basketball operations, and then he hires somebody else to be general manager. But basically, that's like hiring somebody else to do the job. there's
0: some hope on the horizon. There's always hope on the horizon. And I want to get back to the hope. But first, I want to get back to I can understand now as you're talking through this, I can see all your passion that there's a fun ride to go on. Almost like you're watching a real life soap opera because it's a real drama of real people on and off the court. So I understand how you could get engaged, but why do you stay loyal to like I must continue to be a fan and if I ever break the chain of my fanship yep. I then do not deserve the glory should it ever come is that why you stay loyal because then the glory would be false if you broke the chain
1: well let's be honest the glory would be false <laughs> okay? okay, it just is you, you nailed that i don't I don't think I have to be loyal okay I don't have a choice oh i'm I'm past the point of Choosing these things, I I've had breakups with the Timberwolves. I've so I've, you go back to them like a bad relationship. Yes. Oh, it's exactly like okay. That. I have withheld sex from the Timberwolves. <laughs> okay. What is the sex in this analogy? The sex is, is giving. It is me giving them my money? You. Oh, okay. I was a 13-year season ticket holder, and right? you took away I your took, sweet I took, season tickets, which I'm sure they're just crying over that but well yeah i mean they're there to make money ultimately yeah, they, right they, they are i don't think they noticed my very limited output on season tickets i wasn't exactly sitting courtside um but you know i i did reach a a breaking point uh you know they they also tripled ticket prices after a losing season which mm, bad business move. it just makes it easy for me to do that but you watch them make mistakes over and over and over and yeah. actually flip saunders rest in peace was brought in as the general manager again, and you thought, okay, now th- everything's going to change. Like Joseph, you have no idea. Like we haven't even covered the David Kahn era. <laughs> that is the most infamous era in Tim Roll's history that okay. the average basketball fan would know about. But Flip was brought in, and and the thought was everything's going to be different. And then, of course, he made what appeared at the time to be a disastrous pick in the draft, uh, and. And I was out. It was just the straw that broke the camel's back. Because
0: you really uh, disagreed with a practical decision. So it wasn't anything sort of uh, mystical
1: or emotional. Oh, yeah. It
0: is just like, there is a decision to be made. We, the fans, all think X decision
1: is good. Mm-hmm. And you didn't even do Y. You did like B, you idiot. They had the ninth pick in the draft. Okay. He, he had a list of eight names of people he wanted to draft. Okay. Those eight people were taken. So he panicked and okay. traded down. So it's not even like, it's, it's process. Like if there's bad process... You can get good results out of bad process if yeah. you're lucky. Yeah. But like you need to have good process. Good process can lead to bad results too. But if you don't have the good process, your chances of success are so much lower. Okay. Right? And he had a bad process. Just as Timbrill's general managers through the through the years have always had bad processes. And so you so, can, what exactly do you mean by bad? I mean, I understand what a bad process is, sure. but what does it mean to you in this context? Well, if you know you're going to have the ninth pick in the draft and you have a list of eight people you want to take, that's a bad process. Right. You should have a list of twenty to thirty people.
0: Okay, I see what you're saying.
1: Right. And so he he trade he panicked and traded down and took a player who he had a
0: shitty Excel spreadsheet.
1: Right. Okay. Like you're you're not you're not preparing yourself for success, and they've they've never put resources until recently into. Uh, you know, advanced analytics for uh, evaluating players. There's a whole field of basketball analysis, and
0: like pretty much all sports now, right? I mean, yeah, that's what fantasy over.
1: football is exactly. all about is yeah. is following everybody's stats, right? Yeah, but it, with with basketball, they the mathematicians have moved in. Okay, <laughs> and 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 for the better, in my book, like if you can if you can find trends and you can find okay, if a player does this at this rate, the likelihood of success. When we're to draft them goes up ten percent. Okay. That's you're gonna make smarter decisions. Right. right. And how much
0: is it about the opinion of exactly what the team needs? So like I don't know mm-hmm. basketball well enough mm-hmm. to fully express it, but like we know we need exactly this kind of player right. to support this kind of other player we already have. Right.
1: Is that where a lot of the opinions come in beyond the stats? That's where a lot of the mistakes come in. James okay. okay. <laughs> um a very successful team like the San Antonio Spurs can afford to draft for need okay. because they have immense talent and they have a right. system in place. And they know that if we get this type of player, we can t- plug them into this small hole as opposed to, I'm going to take this piece of the puzzle that is way too small and just cram it in there because, gosh, I need a piece. Okay. To try to cram in there. And so drafting for need is a bad thing when you're always in the top ten of take you gotta just take the best talent yeah. available. Okay. And so that is a mistake they've made in the past. They've draft instead of drafting the best player, they've drafted the player that fits their most immediate and glaring needs, and then that player's flamed out. Okay. And,
0: well, so on this, a lot of your passion is about the the pick and the draft because you had brought that up when you, when we were initially emailing about this, and I can tell as we're talking about it that that's, that's what revoked your season tickets. That's what risked your fanship. It seems to me that it is also, once again, a little bit on the balance of humanity versus numbers because you can look at all the stats and you can predict, but then when I asked you what you fell in love with, no. You fell in love with the attitude of a cocky guy who came up with the cool
1: dunk. That's the human factor. That is the human factor. So do
0: you which do you feel is more important in the draft as you're watching? Do you feel like this boring person is best by the numbers, but this person with heart and humanity is the way you should go?
1: I, or I think it's uh, best for both to work hand in hand. Okay. Sometimes the numbers will say one thing, uh, but the eye test will... Uh, disagree okay other times the eye test will tell you this person looks amazing when they shake somebody on a crossover dribble and (laughs) it looks beautiful and then you look at the numbers and it shows oh that person looks beautiful doing that but they only make the shot 32 percent of the time okay so i i have veered wildly from this person says he's going to win the dunk contest to becoming a hardcore numbers person and have since come back a little more to the middle and realized, you know, personality does need to be factored in to yeah. some extent. And you, the a, a scout's eye, who's watched basketball for thirty years, is going to see things maybe that the numbers don't see all the time. The right? Scout's eye is also going to lie to him once in a while, too. Right. So they're just they're, going to have confirmation bias. There's a middle path.
0: Yeah. So since you are now really practiced at looking at stats and marrying them to human beings and their potential, mm-hmm. do you do that outside of baseball? Or basketball uh, do you look at uh other humans and say like i think this stand-up is gonna do good mm, based on his mm, stats mm. or like turn turn a performance you see into stats
1: uh well you know i worked at the fox affiliate in minneapolis for a long time yeah and uh the overnight ratings were a big part of my daily life you know they would come in and show how we did in the news the night before and this is just the fox
0: channel not this associated not with fox, fox news. news that is the crazy uncle
1: i did not work for fox news <laughs> okay they, just let, thank you for getting that on the record joseph <laughs> if you had not corrected that i would have not slept well tonight uh yeah i worked for uh yeah i worked for the local fox affiliate which uh, just to segue for a little bit that really is like fox news is the crazy uncle like yeah 20th Century Fox put out the Star Wars films, right? Yeah, like, right. they've done not- good things. <laughs> they've done good things. Yeah. They're right. ruining, Fox News is ruining even our love of actual foxes you, at this point with you, the association. Exactly. The crazy uncle is destroying the Thanksgiving dinner Yeah. right now. Uh, so you, but you worked on the affiliate. You, yeah. and it was a numbers game there yeah. too, obviously. Yeah. And I had to, I had to promote our news and promote uh, 20, 30 different things. And so, uh, you know, I'd be very calculating with what, how many promos I would run for a certain thing yeah. based on you know what kind of revenue is that returning for us what kind of numbers is it getting versus the competition is there room for growth or is this maxed out and so yeah, yeah I've slowly become a vulcan in that way
0: <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that um, so if you could be put in charge of the draft yes is, that's what every fan wants right there's no fan who would say is there any fan who would say no I, I don't want to do that that's too much responsibility like every fan thinks they've got their finger on the pulse and uh, the I, numbers, right? I think a
1: lot of them do. I'm guessing like there's probably some Lakers fans who are used to the best players in the game, just coming to play for them because they want to be in LA. Yeah. Are probably not nearly as obsessed <laughs> as I am with the draft. But you know, for me, when you follow a team that loses every single year, like the draft is your one day of hope. Okay. You know, it's the the one time where the slate is wiped clean and anything can happen. And And there have been times where, you know, beautiful things have happened. You know, I was in love in 2009 with Spanish wonderkin Ricky Rubio. Okay. Right. And he was supposed to go in the top two or three and we were at pick six and it it didn't seem like that was at all possible. Yeah. Uh, We had five and six, as a matter of fact, and he fell to the Tim Rolls at number five. And that was the most amazing thing ever. Right. We had pick number five. Guy who was supposed to go top two fell to us. He was lovable. He was fun. Then we had pick number six. And my gosh, we just got the best passing point guard in the draft. The best shooting guard in the draft. Steph Curry is sitting there waiting for us. Yeah. We could get the best passer and the best shooter in the draft. And within uh, 10 minutes, I went from elated (laughs) to screaming like a lunatic, okay. as they passed Steph Curry and took Johnny Flynn, who lasted about two and a half years in the league, is now out of the league. Entirely out of the league. Not another team. He's playing in Australia somewhere. Okay. And Steph Curry has won two MVPs. Wow. And I knew in the moment, in the moment, that that was a gigantic mistake. And right. And so the draft offers both of those polar opposites, where the impossible seems to come true. And also in real time, you see your favorite team. Can I swear? Oh yeah, please do. Fucking everything up, (laughs) just fucking it up, Joseph. Uh,
0: So if you were in that position where you could pick the draft, obviously, Mm -hmm. uh,
1: you're getting me me aroused just talking (laughs) about
0: it. Well, good, good. Put it, put it in your voice so everyone can experience the arousal. You you would obviously make some of those gut calculations Mm -hmm. that seem to the outside fan like what the fuck is Kevin Myers doing oh, that'd be but hard. it would make sense mm. to you right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. would you want to be in that position where yeah. you know like I'm, I'm gambling because that's got to be what they're doing that, they're, that they think they're seeing the long road that mm-hmm. this unique thing that no one else can see mm-hmm. like, I don't know I think that's just a trait of strategic people mm-hmm. that sometimes they don't want to go with the obvious thing because they think the solution has to be the clever way
1: yeah some people want to show how clever they are yeah um you know, that Johnny Flynn pick that was David Kahn trying to be more clever than everyone else. He was supposed to go in the teens. And, yeah. And they took him at number six. Um, Flip Saunders uh, took a gamble on a guy named Zach Levine, who was the rawest player in the draft. And although I've had my problems with Zach Levine, he has worked out as well. So you can either look you know, in, in the short term and in the long term can look both like an idiot and like the smartest person. In the world. OK. And I am guilty of... Sometimes thinking I'm the smartest person in the room, <laughs> and so uh, yeah, I would I would like that. Um, I would probably over-explain my picks. Yeah. To you. Um, uh, yeah, because well, I like to. You want to? You want to be clear? You're a good yeah. communicator. Well, I like to think, so, <laughs> but probably.
0: So you're you fantasize about being able to do the stats, uh, to, to do the pick. Yep. And you partially get to do that because the team isn't good. Yeah. So, so if you were following a good team, would it be boring? Yeah. Okay.
1: Absolutely. Well, there's been plenty of years where the Timberwolves haven't had their first round draft pick because okay. they've stupidly traded it away. Yeah. Um, But I am torn sometimes because, like this year, for example, they actually had a stretch where they were playing great and it looked like things are turning around. This is it.
0: And you were like, this is so boring. No, no, I wasn't. <laughs> I, I, I was a
1: little disappointed because I saw our draft pick position. You know, descending in in order. uh, While at the same time being like, is it actually happening? Is this finally coming true? Okay. And then they hit a rough patch where they were in the playoff hunt, hit a rough patch, and, you know, it's kind of in that, which way should we go? Should we still go for the playoffs or should we lose on purpose? So do you get a higher draft pick if you're shitty? That is correct. Oh, okay. So there is a reward to being shitty. Oh. And so it creates this just, awful dynamic where you're watching games if you're you know just cold-minded like me wanting your team to lose right which just feels dirty
0: yeah i mean that's not the way it should be right a season should be a season and you should try to win but then you can see the strategic advantage of we're probably not gonna win so we're gonna tank is that illegal like in baseball Will the president of baseball arrest you if you tank a game
1: on purpose? Uh, there's been a lot of, I mean, people want to change the rules, you know, to do it. The Timberwolves were actually part of the greatest tanking scandal of all time. Okay. Uh, in 2006, I believe, if they didn't finish in a certain spot, if they had too good of a record, they were going to lose their draft pick. So okay. the last game of the season, Mark Matson, who could not shoot the basketball, the game was close towards the end. He shot eight three-pointers. Damn. Probably never shot one before in his life. Didn't make a single one. <laughs> and that was intent. Like they said, Mark, go out there and shoot three-pointers. Yeah. And they lost that game very clearly on purpose, which mm. honestly I think the biggest problem is like Vegas actually probably has a problem with that. Okay. The sanctity of the game, of course, is, you know, yeah sullied by yeah. that. But also, if Vegas is setting, you know, lines on whether a team is going to win or lose, and there's, I mean, it's right up there with, you know, gamblers. Yeah. Gamblers will play, pay players to shape points, you know, intentionally miss shots. Yeah. Uh, it seems very legal. Re- reportedly. Like the president but, of basketball yeah. should stop it. Yeah, you are not alone in saying that. <laughs> but let me tell you, I was there that night. Okay. When Mark Matson was chucking three-pointers. I was so happy. Oh, just because it was fun to watch? Entertaining as hell to see this very nice, cool player who can't shoot try to hit a three-pointer, because we all wanted him to hit a three-pointer and wanted him to lose at the same time. Right, so you get the
0: glory and the shame all bundled into one fun evening. God, glory
1: and shame is such a good way to put it. <laughs> like Other people uh, talk about that like it's the worst thing that ever happened, but I, I, as somebody who was in that arena, we were all cheering and having a good time. Right, because ultimately they are there to
0: make money, Ultimately, you are a fan to be engaged is maybe the
1: best. Well, I want to be entertained. entertained. Other, pe- other people want to win at no cost. I have learned to give up on that. Okay. Because <laughs> it happens about 30% of the time, yeah. right? So if you're only going to win 30% of the time, you better find some other reason that you are there. Okay. Otherwise, why are you coming back? If right. If you have witnessed 13 years of losing... Are you going to fool yourself into thinking, no, I'm going to show up for that 14th year because I think this is the year they're going to win. Yes, you do fool yourself into that. Yeah. But then you realize you're an idiot and then you fool yourself into it again. Uh, so basically, I've accepted that this is entertainment. Yeah. It's just a step away from wrestling. I know that like, if I base my happiness on whether or not they win or lose, right. I am going to be unhappy. And I was. I was unhappy for a long time. For most of the season, okay, you know, and so uh, I have had to uh, change what I'm going after. Um, And and that's partly why you get obsessed with the draft, because halfway through the season, you realize you're losing. Yeah, You start looking at college players and, you know, projecting which person is going to save me from this nightmare.
0: Okay. Right. Well, it sounds like you have found lots of ways to engage with being a fan of a terrible team and that there's a lot more to it than that. Um, I want to ask you because you are a Star Wars fan, yeah, and you love the draft so much. Let's do it. If you could draft a Star Wars character to play (sighs) on the Minnesota Timberwolves, which Star Wars character do you think has the stats, has the character, the flair to bring your Timberwolves to victory?
1: Um, I don't know how deep to go with this. (laughs) You can go as deep as you want. Uh, okay. If the roster as it exists right now doesn't exist, I would choose Yoda. Okay. Uh, I think he'd the be a shortest character. Yeah, which goes against what you might expect. I right? think, I don't know, who is the tallest Tim Rolls? I mean, tallest Star Wars it's character. Probably Chewbacca. Chewbacca, yeah. Chewbacca. For the Chewbacca, main characters, Chewbacca, yeah. Oh, you just, you might have turned me around. Okay, so <laughs> Chewbacca would be great. um But uh, I love a good point guard. Yeah. um we're in an era of scoring point guards. It used to be that the point guard just brought the ball up the floor, set people up, dish. Yeah. Them. But now the point guard arguably is the most important position in the NBA because not only do you run the table, but uh, it's become easier for point guards to score, so it's important to have a scoring point guard. But I feel like Yoda could set the table, set everybody up, orchestrate everything, pull the strings. Okay. But we've also seen that he can create for himself. I mean, in Attack of the Clones, yeah. he goes against Dooku. Yeah, he's uh, uh, spinning and flipping. Right? And yeah. Oh, yeah. Like him in the lane uh, with the basketball <laughs> doing those flips. And it's also like if, you, if you're short, you actually have a low dribble and it's harder to steal the ball. Oh, the, right, spin. right, right. And if he's, I mean, he can force jump. So he could actually elevate enough to get his jumper off, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um and not get blocked by somebody like Chewbacca because he just force jumps over him right. Right,
0: because it's not uh, against the rules for him to spin off. Like if somebody's trying to block him, he
1: could like he could bounce off their torso, and that it, wouldn't be. I believe in the NBA, it, it probably is legal to jump off somebody. In the in the <laughs> NFL, it actually isn't. It okay. actually is a thing in the <laughs> NFL where you can't jump. When you're, to block, when you're trying to block a field goal, you can't step on somebody else to to jump. And I block think that's it. a fair rule, but in basketball, I wish it, I wish it wasn't a rule. Actually, let, <laughs> let people jump off each other. Isn't, I'm here to be entertained. <laughs> like, isn't that not going to be entertaining? Let's form human pyramids. Let's just let's do let's yeah. do human ladders, or you know, let's go for it. Yeah. yeah. So I I think Yoda would be great. Chewbac- you're right. Chewbacca would be great. But I like
0: Yoda. I like Yoda. I like the combination of the, yeah. the short dribble and the high jump. Yeah. What more could you want?
1: Anakin would probably be too emotional. I. Oh, yeah. I like the right kind of emotion in the basketball court uh anakin's exactly the kind of emotion i don't like in a no it's too play. much negative energy he'd give N- shitty interviews afterward and he just freestyles he, he would just take the ball right not involve his teammates i think russell westbrook is actually the anakin skywalker of the nba <laughs> uh he, russell uh probably is going to win the mvp this year but his team lost in the first round of the playoffs because it's all about him yeah and he doesn't involve his teammates okay good to know yeah.
0: uh is someone who appreciates sci-fi comedy and basketball I have to ask, is the movie Space Jam good? Um,
1: what is good, Joseph? <laughs> that answers my question. Y- you, have, you have to, yeah. I mean, I try to contextualize things for what they're trying to do. Yeah. What is Space Jam trying to do? I, I mean, it's throwing basketball players out there with cartoon characters. Yeah. Um, have I watched it since it's been in the theaters? No. <laughs> um, did it play its role, and do people still love it for what it is? Yeah. Yes. Therefore, I'm going to say, quote, unquote, Good movie. (laughs) Fair enough.
0: Hello, it's still me. It's still Joseph Scrimshaw. If you are a regular listener to Obsessed, you know that normally right now you should not be hearing me. Instead, you should be hearing my co-producer, Sarah Meyer, interviewing random people on the streets of Los Angeles about this week's topic. We call that segment Vox Pops. Unfortunately, uh, Sarah has to take a couple of weeks off so there will be no Vox Pops, no talking to people on the street segment. Instead... I will be talking to myself. I guess, hopefully, people are listening, so I'll be talking to listeners. Instead, I will be doing an ad. It won't be as entertaining as Vox Pops, but, man, I'm going to try so hard to make it entertaining for you. Thanks. Here is ad. We're going to move on to our How Obsessed Are You questions. Oh, yeah. So these are questions I ask or variations of them of everybody. There are no wrong answers. It's just to get a sense of how... Different obsession levels work. Do you think about the Timberwolves every day? Oh, yeah. You have to.
1: I probably uh, I think about the Timberwolves before I leave my house. Probably. Okay. Uh, August and September, the two months of the year where nothing is happening, maybe not. So nothing is happening, not even the draft business? No, nope, drafts, drafts in June, free agents in July. August, pretty much nothing's happening. September, you're waiting for training camp to start in October. Okay. And the and the Vikings, football comes back in August, basically. And so that fills my cup for that brief respite. And it's probably good that I don't think about it for two months because it's unhealthy. And yeah. I have a problem. So you break in and you're not as obsessive about uh, football. Not as obsessive about football, thank God. I, okay. I, I feel bad enough about my how much energy i put into football to begin with
0: right who wants to watch something where you can't jump on the other players oh, come on it's wrong sick and wrong <laughs> and
1: also th- that that sport has a lot of baggage that
0: yeah and you don't feel like uh basketball has as much of it no no
1: not no. i mean i don't think uh they've been hiding medical scandals for decades so you know, yeah
0: yeah i mean certainly yeah. from the outside not being a huge sports fan yeah. basketball seems like it retains a little bit more of a, a spirit of fun
1: it is the jazz of you know to use a terrible analogy that, okay. that's been around forever. But it is it is the the, the jazz of sports where you have players soloing, you, but really you're working together and you're improvising. Yeah. Uh, you do run set plays, but a lot of it is just improvising off of the situation. Okay. Uh, versus football where it's... We plan exactly where we're going to go three, and what we're going to do. Three seconds of violence and then <laughs> 45 seconds of standing around and then three seconds of violence. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you know, you hear me, uh, you know, besmirching football's reputation but just like the Timberwolves I I still can't escape that right and you support the Vikings I do support the Vikings which also are one of you know they're torturous torturous completely torturous and also wonderful terrible stories yeah like if you're gonna be terrible you at least want to have these just epically tragic comic incidents to happen to you how many times have you shed actual tears because of the Timberwolves oh god uh well let's contextualize this first i shed tears less than once a year okay right uh do you document it so you know god it feels so good when i do honestly okay. like yeah. it's one of those things that i can't force to happen okay But when it does it's almost like oh my god it's happening <laughs> the tears release. are coming out of my eyes uh and so uh I actually, that 2004 season, the last time I remember it happened, okay. uh, was that 2004 season. It actually wasn't even in the playoffs. They'd never won the division title, and um, uh, there was a jump. They are playing against the San Antonio Spurs, and if they won that game, they'd win the division. There's a jump ball. Irvin Johnson, not Irvin Magic Johnson, but Irvin Tragic Johnson, <laughs> diff, diff, not to be confused with Magic Johnson, got on the floor for a, a loose ball, tied it up, Timberwolves won, and I was wiping away tears for that. Okay. And, tears of joy. Yeah, and that was that was 13 years ago. Okay. And I'm still in. So you got a cry coming. But that's it's But Been 13 years. Oh, it's going to be good. I wonder <laughs> what I wonder what's going to trigger it, actually.
0: A great draft pick, I hope. Oh, yeah. When people walk into your home, can they
1: tell you're obsessed with the Timberwolves immediately? Uh no. You, you can't like I'm married, I got three kids, and my wife really puts up with my Timberwolves obsession. Okay. But I'm, I'm a 42-year-old guy living in the suburbs. Yeah. Like, my main floor, I don't know that there's anything Timberwolves on is there. Is there anything Star Wars or reflective of your other interests? There probably isn't anything Star Wars on that okay. floor either. What I'm basically admitting, Joseph, is my wife runs the house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she has good taste, and like I, I like all of it. But I have a lot of I have I have a lot of Timberwolves bobbleheads and other things.
0: And where how how much would people have to search through your home to find the hidden Timberwolves truth that is not there in your living room? Your if, tastefully decorated yeah, you living know, room.
1: If anything, like what you d- eventually you realize I'm an adult, and like, am I gonna put out bobbleheads on my main level living room? Um, so you have children, and then you say I'm gonna put them in my children's room. I'm gonna put this poster of Ricky Ruby. Excuse me. I'm gonna put this poster of Ricky Rubio up in my on my daughter's wall and, and, and I'm gonna brainwash them into thinking wow. that's a good thing, right? Yeah. And so you kinda of transfer a little bit of that. I mean it's just like Star Wars toys, you <laughs> yeah. know. Like Well, I don't know. I'm not a parent <laughs> and I think I would be such a monstrous parent. I wouldn't I they could get their own. But well they would I, not have mine. Okay, so I do have uh I do have Star Wars action figures on my bedside table. Okay. Uh, I've got K two SO breakdancing <laughs> there as churridem when it looks on. Um, and so th- there's little touches in that way. When I finish my basement though, Joseph, it's, I'm, oh, okay. I'm, I'm going crazy. Okay? It's Star Wars, Super Bowl City. I've been collecting enough things. I'm going to make a giant work of art of all of my, I can't wear jerseys anymore. Like there, there's some grown men still do wear sports jerseys, but at okay. some point I realized like, all right, these men are younger than me. i'm a 42 year old wearing a jersey for a 24 year old man okay right right just something that felt a little weird about that i look up to a person half my age there's a thing there there's a thing there right and so i've stopped wearing jerseys uh but i am going to create this giant mural of headlines and jerseys and that's going down in the basement when i create the man cave and then of course i've got like force awakens and empire strikes back posters nice i just i'm still lying to myself that I will find a place for these things that I control, <laughs> that my wife isn't in charge of necessarily. Yes, your fan That's, cave. I, yeah. My yeah, I hadn't thought of that yeah, fan cave. Nice, That's good. Nice. Uh, would you get a tattoo that said Timberwolves
0: forever, no matter what?
1: <laughs> Wait, does it say Timberwolves forever, no, no matter, matter what, what specifically? <laughs> uh, well, I do have three tattoos. Oh, you do? Okay, I, I do. So I'm open to that You're concept. Open to tattoos. Do you have any sports tattoos? I don't have any sports tattoos. No, uh, all Celtic. Uh, Not no, the Celtics. No, but. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, that is that is an interesting question. It, uh, is somebody else paying for this tattoo? Sure. Yeah. Uh, the the coach. Okay. Tim the, <laughs> well, that'd be funny too. Is it? Yeah. See, I need good stories. Like, yeah. you know, like I need to associate good stories with these things. Yeah, I think the coach is trying to have a lot of personality,
0: yeah. and he is trying to build uh, relationships with long term fans. Yeah. And he says like, Hey, you show me you've been a long term fan. And I will buy you a tattoo that says Timberwolves Forever, no matter what.
1: Yeah, I think I would do that simply for the story. Okay. But it also would be semi-ironic. Yeah, for sure. I I think it's the no matter what that really puts it over the top. (laughs) It's like, I'm not actually saying Timberwolves Forever, but I am. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. No matter what. What are your other tattoos? Uh, I got uh, a Chinese symbol for rock and a Chinese symbol for river on both my sternum and my back. I kind of got the duality going there. Um And then I have one down on my uh calf that is like uh, an hourglass, okay. but it's also a symbol for my family. it okay. an M and a V kind of buried in it, and it's representative of the time I have with my children nice. and my wife, which is pretty much all that really matters. Yeah. And it helps remind me that, yes, you're obsessed with the Timberwolves, but your time with your family is <laughs> the only thing that really Yeah. Is important forever, no matter what. Yeah, that's the yeah, forever. That's no, a... That is the forever, no matter what. <laughs> Thank you. Yes.
0: Do you think the history of the Minnesota Timberwolves should be taught in Minnesota public schools? Oh, uh, that'd be great.
1: Um, because going back to the process thing, like just oh yeah, just teaching just the people math. to learn from your mistakes, teaching yeah. people to study best practices. Yeah, there 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 have been people for decades conducting better best practices than the Timberwolves. Oh, really? Yeah, and they they just. Instead of adapting the best practices of the teams who are succeeding, uh, you are making stupid choices. Okay. Like, you have to learn from your own mistakes and from people doing it right.
0: Right. So, for history to not repeat itself, whatever child is the future coach or numbers person the Timberwolves might be in a Minnesota public school right now, and we need to get to that person.
1: But not even for basketball, Joseph. Just for life. Just for life. Like, the Republicans right now, they want to— drop taxes. yeah you know, they want to cut taxes. It's never, you know, shown a record of right. being a thing that is actually helpful for the Nothing has ever trickled down. Yeah. So I think they do know that. Yeah. But they just they don't do they it don't it give away. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Uh cool. I was curious what you thought of that that intersection of school and sports uh but partially I just it still have baggage because when I was in 6th grade mm-hmm. my teacher told me we we're going to study the Vikings and mm-hmm. I was such a little nerd as like cool vikings ships swords <laughs> like we're gonna study the football team like oh great we're <laughs> great.
1: gonna study uh big strong dudes who were... What did you... You just studied the history of them? or? I think it was
0: really, in retrospect, just an excuse for the teacher.
1: <laughs> I want to talk about the Tim rolls. I, mean, I want to talk about the Vikings, yeah, because
0: yeah. it was... It, it, we didn't even get into anything interesting, like, mm-hmm. how does the draft work? Yeah, or, like, yeah. what are the physics yeah. of it? Or any of the interesting things that could actually be applied? It was just sort of like, let's fill out a worksheet. Mm-hmm. So-and-so is the quarterback. What color do they wear? And, like, fuck you, I'm in sixth grade. I know what... that's core curriculum stuff though joseph you gotta know that (laughs) no but i knew it i knew it uh here's a new how obsessed are you question and we're trying out on you if you were tripping on lsd would you see the timberwolves
1: oh yeah big time okay because i I would probably specifically see ricky rubio (laughs) okay i'm i'm uh uh to be clear I'm, i'm a very happily married man yeah generally heterosexual feelings but i also have this love relationship with Ricky Rubio.
0: Right. Everybody's a little bit on the spectrum
1: yeah. there. So yeah, exactly. uh, so
0: there's a there's a, a a love and an adoration of him. So if you were tripping
1: you feel like you would see Yeah, you know, multi-colored splashy strange he, Ricky Rubio. Yeah, he'd probably come talk to me and want to lead me on the trip in a friendly adorable way cuz he <laughs> he is uh, legitimately adorable. Okay. Some people have this like, you know, spirit god that would take him on an LSD trip, I yeah. think Ricky would show up and hey, guys, let's go. Uh, he's Spanish. So okay. I'm, I'm going to do a really bad Spanish accent, but uh, come on, let's go. Let's go check out these great colors. <laughs> and he'd probably be the player on the team most likely to do LSD. He's okay. just an open-minded guy. He's okay. A, he's European. He's open to experiences. Okay. Know? Good. Well, that's a great answer. I don't that'll Question,
0: I'll stick around then. Uh, if a bear was blocking you from watching the Timberwolves in the finals, would you oh, try to shit. get around the bear to get into Target Center? I would fucking kill that
1: bear. <laughs> so it? you wouldn't even try to get around it.
0: You would straight up murder the
1: bear. I would probably be angry. I mean, if I had the tools and the implements. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and get around the bear. Like, I honestly thought you were going to ask me if I'd kill the bear. Yeah, okay. I'd just kill the bear. All right.
0: You would truly become I, the Timberwolf I, I, and you would fight the bear. Yeah. I generally
1: like animals. And, yeah. Yeah. Boy, uh, that would literally drive me crazy too. Like, yeah, I would, I would, I would go insane if right
0: because you want to be entertained, and that's a part of the whole experience to be there. But there's also in the f- room where it happens, yeah. in the
1: arena where it happens. There's FOMO. There's a big FOMO. Uh, oh, right. like, especially like I stopped having season tickets, right? And so I've been, I watch a lot more of the games on TV, right? And I only went to four games last year. Okay. And I have this unhealthy love for Ricky Rubio, and he's been maligned because he doesn't score enough. Even though that's not really what his talents ever were yeah. purported to be, he's one of the best passers in the game, and they almost traded him. They almost made a terrible. They almost made another terrible decision this year and almost traded him away. Right? For would that the- have
0: broken you? It, oh, pretty. Bad. Just pretty. Bad. you have been done with the Timberwolves? If they had- I always say I'm going to be done with the Timberwolves, <laughs> and it <that> never happened. <laughs> okay. So I'm not. I won't lie to you. Okay. Joseph. fair enough.
1: But I would have been so mad. Yeah. Okay. Um, and they didn't do it. And then right after that, Ricky started playing the best basketball of his career, right? Okay, nice, They were like, this is the player that we, you know, like, how do you like me now? Yeah. You're happy you didn't trade me? He took some LSD, went on Mm -hmm. a Vision Quest, got his passing game down. Yep. And so I, uh, you know, I I, I took some friends to a game, and uh, Ricky finally broke the franchise record for assists in a game. Wow. Right? And if I hadn't been there that night, I would have had that brief, yes, I'm a loving father. But what am I doing with my life that I wasn't at Target Center? Right. Why was I putting my kids to bed? Joseph, right. I could have been watching Ricky <laughs> Rubio. And that's happened before with other things where, you know. I'm You've not, missed that I, moment. I, I missed that moment. Okay. And, and so there is a big, that is a big part of it. Because of, you, know, you never watch a game the next day if you, you, know, if you know how it ended. Like, oh, really? You don't? I don't. Almost, okay. Almost nobody does. Right. Um, the, only, the only way I do it is if I heard that something amazing happened. And I wouldn't even watch the whole thing. But then game. you can like get replays, right, everywhere. Yeah, even I know that, yeah, and I'm exactly. a sports idiot. Uh, <laughs> so you would take care
0: of that bear one way or another. That's no, great. You, you bet. Uh, final question for everyone in the uh, How Obsessed Are You section is, if you could not watch the Timberwolves without you or someone you care about first being punched in the crotch, would you still watch the Timberwolves?
1: It depends on how the season's going. Because <laughs> I, I have been trying to moderate... Right, my time right. and energy. Like I, you know, I have a full-time job. I also run a side business. I have three daughters. I, I, I feel like I know that my obsession's out of control. Okay. And I know that I spend too much time on these things anyway. So when things got bad earlier this season, I honestly would let the game start, check in on Twitter to see how it was going. And then if it looked like there might be a good outcome, I would jump in because I was just, I can't, I can't do this again, right? So right. I did moderate a little bit. When things are going well, though, yeah, you go ahead and punch me in the crotch all you want. Okay. <laughs> like, repeatedly.
0: So you would take the crotch punch like season tickets. Like, you would decide each season oh, whether right. or not I'm in right. for the crotch punch. It's been
1: a while since I've been punched in the crotch. I yeah. It's probably worse than I remember. I, mm, I think, you know, is, it's, is this once per game? Uh, you know, for you, I'm going to give once per
0: season. Oh, well, yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> uh, but if you got into the
1: finals, then it would be once per once game. Once per game for the, yeah. Because that seems appropriate to ramp it up. I would go once per game for the playoffs even. Okay. Or like a, an important game that's going to decide whether you make the playoffs. Punch yeah. away. Okay. i Okay, think- done. I'm done having kids. I, I got the snip snip. <laughs> so, really, I just still need to be able to urinate. Okay, well, I yeah, absolutely. You know, this isn't about uh, P-
0: destroying no. your nether regions.
1: Pain is temporary. This is just about a little bit of pain. pain. I have it's a, pain. I have a high pain threshold. It's pain. So
0: yeah, because maybe I should even change the question to a flick, mm. so you get that uh, that sensation where you think like I think it's gonna hurt, but I'm not sure. Oh, it's more about the fear. Yeah,
1: pain's whatever. <laughs> oh, okay, that's a good perspective <laughs> of yeah, a sports yeah. fan. Yeah,
0: I can handle pain. Can you make a noise to sum up your obsession with the Timberwolves?
1: Dog. Oh! No. Why? Yes. Oh, my God. No. Why am I doing this? Oh, I love this.
0: Okay. See, all a range of emotions, a rainbow of emotions that lead you back to the it, why am I doing this, but I can't stop.
1: It's all in there. Like I said before, like I, I'm not a very emotional guy necessarily. I don't, yeah. I don't cry a lot, but I, uh, uh, I actually wonder if I do it because... I like feeling the feelings. Oh, right. Is this a way to access emotion? Yeah, you know, a lot of men like that, you know, sports is the only way that they can properly exhibit emotions. Right. And I, I wouldn't say I choose it because of that, but I'm guessing it feels good. Yeah. You know, like, you know, you're just going through your day a lot of the time, just trying to make it through. And, you know, I feel love for my children yeah. and my wife, but I don't necessarily uh, have the highs and lows. Of, right. Of dramatic. I won something. Or, oh, tragedy has befallen me. Right, know? and you have any uh, sort of cultural
0: constraint, societal constraint right. removed, because you're supposed to have. Yeah,
1: you're supposed to.
0: You it's know. weird if you're just it's a you're... sports robot. You're like, <laughs> my team lost. Oh, well, now a sandwich, right? You're
1: supposed to flip out. There aren't many sports robots out there, are there? <laughs> like, who is that person?
0: <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Um, so I rate people's obsession on a scale of one to seven, uh, one being the lowest and seven being the highest. Uh, I'm going to rate you out of Rick Rubio's. Ricky? Yeah, Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio. Out of Ricky Rubio's. Oh, you're wearing the Ricky Rubio shirt? That's right. Uh, Ricky Rubio, let's see how many Ricky Rubio's obsessed you are. Uh Now, you are both telling me that you feel like your obsession has gone too far, Mm -hmm. but you have also pointed out a lot of the positives of it and what it gives to you. Mm -hmm. You have tattoos on your body to literally remind you not to get too obsessed. So... uh, you're right on the edge. Uh, six, uh, yeah, at least six. Ricky Rubio's because yeah. you personally feel it's a problem.
1: Yeah, you can't go full seven because I am self aware. Yeah. to Yeah, but soon uh, soon. but maybe
0: I would maybe creep it up a little bit from six. I'd maybe go six point
1: five. Ricky Yeah, Rubios? it would be interesting to see like if they actually started winning. Yeah, on a regular basis. Like in a way, I'm I'm uh, you know I try to look for those silver linings, and the fact that they haven't been successful for 13 years. I remember 2004. I'd only been married for two years. Yeah. I didn't have any kids. And like... You could go all in. It was all consuming. Yeah. Like, and like to the point of like insanity, you know? Uh, and and like if I was still experiencing that and trying to have a successful career and be a good father and a good husband... Yeah. Like it'd be a problem. Right. Like, when they start winning again, it's going to be a problem. So like, that is another reason to support the
0: answer of why you're, why you're supporting a, a crappy team or a team that has had some rough times. Uh,
1: because maybe you can't quite take it, <laughs> right? And, <laughs> if they're successful, exactly. And and I mean, I, I can take it, but like, it, to what point do you say this is unhealthy? Yeah. And I know, I know, I would have trouble controlling it. Right. So I, I guess that answers the obsession. I mean, if you have trouble controlling your obsession, then I, I guess it, you're pretty. Yeah, I mean that's the definition of obsession. Right. I'd say,
0: so you're kind of try to keep yourself at a at a six, Ricky Rubios. Six, uh, uh, but you might tilt up. So I don't want to get to seven, it. Ricky Rubios. Okay. Honestly, like that <laughs> that would be a problem. Okay. So we'll try to keep it at a. Thank nice you for healthy. keeping me at six. Honestly, <laughs>
1: six, Ricky Rubios. Uh, is there anything you want to plug? Where people can find you on social media, any of that uh, kind of stuff? Sure. I'm on Twitter at my fan sanity. Um, if you want to see an account that 85% of the tweets are about Ricky Rubio. <laughs> Honestly, there are people um, who follow me on Twitter. And once in a while, they'll interact with one of my non-Timberwolves tweets or okay. even a Timberwolves one. And I'm like, I cannot believe this person's following me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know that they are not psychotic like me about this losing basketball team. Yeah. How do you put up with me? <laughs> so if you out there are willing to... uh interested in putting up with a person obsessed with a chronically losing basketball team. Come find me. Yeah. On Twitter. It's a
0: good emotional narrative. Yeah. And I'll, I'll I'll
1: take you through it. I'll take you through it. (laughs) The highs and the lows.
0: At My Fan Sanity. That's awesome. Uh, here are some quick plugs for the show before we do our final questions. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram as at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook as at Obsessed Podcast. For info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums and whatnot, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com. You can also support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. For as little as $1 a month, you can get access to our monthly patron-only bonus episodes where I chat with my wife, Sarah, about something we're obsessed with in the moment. For full info on that, go to patreon.com slash Uh So final questions. Don't have anything to do with your obsession, but they can if you want. If you could shoot one of these two things out of your hand, which would you want? Water or gold bricks? Oh, water, for sure. That was fast.
1: Okay. Yeah, what am I going to do with gold bricks? Oh, I guess I could have buy a lot of money. water. <laughs> 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 Shooting gold bricks out of your hand sounds painful. It does. It Boy, my like instant be a reaction was water because it, really it is was. very instantly practical. Yeah. But gold bricks... I could buy the Timberwolves and then insert myself as general manager.
0: Yeah. And so. then you wouldn't need to be as concerned about being too obsessed because it would be your one and only job to be obsessed. It's a profession.
1: It's to be there for I, family. If you can get a profession where you get to do what you're obsessed with, like you have, Joseph. Yeah. That is the dream. It is really nice to be able to channel the obsession into
0: yeah. something uh, hopefully productive uh, that you can share with other people. Um but water, did you say that immediately just because the gold bricks pain? Or is mm-hmm. it because you're like,
1: hey, if I was ever in the desert, I'm set. I drink I can- so much water. Like, I <laughs> okay. can't believe how much water I drink. I'm, yeah. I I'm, I must be chronically dehydrated or something. You bought sh- several water I bottles. I showed up here with a packet of water because I'm getting on a plane soon and I know I couldn't bring it. But, like, first thing, when I got off the plane here in L.A., I went to the gas station and brought bought a pallet of water. A pallet. Of- so that was all your water. I, I assume that was from a shoot. I, I, I gave some of it out to my crew. Because okay. I'm charitable. Okay. Like but that. you're like, I'm in LA. I need, I, I've learned, like, when I fly into a place, get water. Because you're in a hotel room, like, now they want you to spend five bucks on a bottle of water yeah. and the thing. So I, I just buy a lot of water. Right. So if you could
0: shoot it out of your own hand, you'd be Ugh, set. And water would be great. If you could have anything named after you, what kind of thing would you want it to be? Like a, a newly discovered monkey, an invention, a planet, a sports team? What would you want named after you?
1: Uh, Something to do with the NBA draft. Okay. If if you know the NBA draft combine just happened where they test out all the players. So how fast can you run? How high can you jump? Blah blah blah
0: blah. blah. Is that literal? That you they literally physically do that? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, you have all sorts of tests for. <laughs> this yeah. is the first time Kevin looked at me like I was truly insane <laughs> for not knowing a sports thing.
1: No, no, sorry. You know, players coming into the draft, they want to know standing jump. How high can you jump from your standing jump? So it's not just jump. based
0: on statistics of previous performance. They put you through a physical test. Yeah, as and well.
1: honestly, honestly, the physical test will really skew what you, you know your, right. your draft stock because. Everybody's not competing on a level playing field in college. Yeah, some players are playing against a higher level of competition and doing really well there. Or teams some players are at lower schools and just completely dominating. Yeah. But you don't necessarily know how they would they're going to match up against the next level where everybody is a amazing, world yeah. class athlete. Yeah. But if you have certain indications that you know this person's wingspan is seven feet six inches, yeah, you know. Uh, You know, that they can do, probably can do certain things combined with different factors. So the Kevin Myers NBA draft combine, let's go with that. Okay. So what is, but a combine is a specific part of the physical performance? A combine would be like testing week. Okay. You know, a combine, I know that's a weird. You probably think of like farm combine or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's really kind of weird and subhuman in a way to like, like cattle can yeah. and prod them and have them go through things would well, you want it to be a part of the draft
0: that there mm-hmm. was like a, a personality performance
1: that would be good you know i just thought of though the draft lottery is coming up so okay. I, I told you how uh the worst team gets a better pick but that's not completely true what okay. you get is a better chance at the top pick oh and they actually draw ping pong balls okay to see who gets that first pick and so the top team has maybe 20 percent chance the worst team has the twenty percent chance. At the okay, they have pick. literally more balls for being crappy. Yeah, it's all weighted, okay. you know. And so that along the draft night is awesome, but the draft lottery is also that just edge of your seat moment. Where okay, anything can happen. That that is coming up uh, this this Tuesday. And, oh wow! And so that is like the most intense twenty minutes of the season. Okay, you know where anything can happen. And so I guess that that would be what I'd want it named. After me because it is that anything can happen. Okay, moment.
0: So uh, Kevin Myers, Myers ball NBA night? NBA draft lottery. Nice. Kevin Myers NBA
1: draft lottery. Nice.
0: And the final question for
1: everyone on the podcast is: What is happiness? Oh boy, I think I think happiness is um, being content and fulfilled with what you have. Okay. Um, longing and desire is pretty much the opposite of that. Yeah, and so. I've slowly been trying to take my way back from the longing and desire for a different reality with the Timberwolves yeah. to being content with what is before me and accepting because I have no power to change it. Yeah, As we covered, like, my energy <laughs> isn't going to change that narrative yeah. even if I'm there at the game screaming. So finding, finding in your situation what you can right. that makes you happy and realizing the good in things. Yeah, and you have found the joy in a not great team. Right. Just like you found joy in the prequels. Yeah. The not great movies, which kids still love them. I enjoy them. A lot <laughs> yeah. of people hate them. There's good things in those movies and you can be right. angry about it yeah. and you can take your ball and go home. Right. And be done with them. Yeah. Or you can say, you know what? This is still leftover pizza. It's still good. Yeah. I'm going to enjoy. I'm Oh, this isn't fresh out of the oven, but I'm going to microwave it. You're yeah. still going to enjoy it because it's still pizza.
0: Absolutely. And with like your Timberwolves, it's it can be both at the same time, right? You could have amazing players yeah. in a shitty coach. So everybody looks at it and goes, this team is terrible. That coach is making all the wrong decisions. Like, yeah, but it's terrible and great at the same time. So the whole package doesn't necessarily work for most people. Right. And that's I think that's ultimately the way I feel about the prequels is there is really good and really bad coexisting at the same time. Yeah. And if we can come to appreciate that in all things in
1: life, that good and bad exist at the same time, I it gets healthier. Right. And to draw that analogy out a little bit, uh, Star Wars franchise is kind of like a team, you know, 1977, they won the championship. Yeah. Right? And then everybody thought, uh, there's no way they'll repeat. Yeah. And Empire comes out, and not only do they repeat, but they do it in dramatic, amazing
0: fashion. They destroy it and open up new franchises yeah. and, and beat those. It yeah, wasn't it's... the
1: same as that last championship, but in ways, it was different and better. Maybe because their team got injured and like they had to fight through it. Because yeah. it's like a, it's a very different sensation between those two movies. And then Return of the Jedi maybe is like uh, you know you made the playoffs, you, you got there at the end, <laughs> injuries got the best you. You didn't win the championship, but hey, it was still, still a, really good. Still yeah. a great ride. Yeah. And then, and then the prequels come and everybody said, we're going to win a championship again. It's coming back. Right. Championships are happening. And then you get there and they lay a giant turd maybe in the playoffs because they were cold shooting the ball. and They yeah. just weren't hitting shots and the coach was a little crazy and another player had a relationship problem, <laughs> right? So a lot of people, when Phantom Menace went out, came out, said they didn't win a championship. Yeah. Well, guess what? Like In sports, there's usually like 30 teams in a league. Every year, there's like a 1 in 30 chance of winning a championship. Yeah. And if you expect a championship every single time. Right. You're going to be disappointed 29 years out of the 30. Right. And so there is something like happiness is also about expectations and having realistic expectations. Right. And not expecting this movie to change your, this movie franchise to change your life every single time you see it. Right. It can't. It it can't. Like when Force Awakens came out, I went and saw it. Posted what I thought was a very spoiler-free review. Yeah. Hey, great. Loved it. Uh, love the strong, Ray being a strong female protagonist. Yeah. And I had somebody go on my Facebook uh, uh, thread and say, great, you spoiled it for me. I was trying to go in clean. I was, what did I spoil? <laughs> I didn't, I didn't want to know that there's a strong female protagonist. I, I wanted to experience this like when I was seven years old, going into the theater not knowing anything. Okay, you're wow. not you're not seven
0: years old anymore. Yeah, that's not the world we live in. I don't like spoilers at all.
1: Yeah. But but that's not how could you not know that there was a strong female protagonist? <laughs> yeah. You were on social media. Yeah. She is the main character. That person has unrealistic expectations. And right. that person wanted a championship just like when they were a little boy. Yeah. And they wanted that first time feeling something like that. Yeah. Like, I haven't had my first time really with the Timberwolves. That, that one KG year in 2004. Okay. When he, they almost got, that was kind of like that, but that yeah. was more like a Return of the Jedi season, right? <laughs> okay. So it's like if Return of the Jedi, I'm still waiting for a new hope. But I also realized like, you know, like these things aren't going to change your life. No.
0: No. I think that's great. So you have accepted happiness in the moment while still waiting for a new hope. And I'm waiting. (laughs) And waiting. Thank you so much for doing the podcast. It's been an honor. Thanks for having me, Joseph. Absolutely. This is great. That is our podcast.
1: You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed.
0: So I wanted to clarify. I live in Los Angeles. I'm from Minnesota, where you live. Do I have this right, that the L.A. Lakers used to be from Minnesota, and they came to Los Angeles?
1: Well, let me ask you this. If you were living in L.A. and Uh you heard the name Lakers, what would your reaction be? They are really celebrating the (laughs) three to four lakes we have in this giant metropolis. Or Laker is a slang for something, maybe? (laughs) Yeah, they started out in the 50s, and they actually won championships— In Minneapolis. They were the most successful franchise for the first 20, 30 years of the NBA's existence. Okay. In Minneapolis. They probably won at least four or five, and they had the best player in the world, George Mikan, at the time. And then they decided they could make more money out in Los Angeles, so they came out here. and To be actors. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Uh, um, But they actually uh, still hang those banners from the wins that they got in Minneapolis. Oh, really? Which, to me, seems illegitimate. No, you well, know, I am, I'm going to say as a transplant,
0: I want to take my victories that I had in Minneapolis <laughs> here with me to Los Angeles. So I'm going to cling to it desperately. I'm
1: going to give those victories to you. Like, if George Mikan <laughs> was still on the Los Angeles Lakers, I'd say, yes, you get to count those victories. <laughs> Unfortunately, George Mikan is no longer with us. Uh, uh, ironically, uh, the Timberwolves, who have little to hang banners for, yeah, they have their single Midwest Division Championship hanging They have a retired jersey for a player who died tragically. Mm -hmm. And then they have a banner that shows the Lakers championships (laughs) that were won in Minneapolis, even though that franchise had nothing to do with the Timberwolves. Fair enough. Thanks for clearing that up. Yep.